So, as you guys know, I just got back from Ash Vegas up in North Carolina for a much-needed vacation. I was only there for a few days, but I did get to see the Googe, who wanted me to inform both of you that he's been listening not only to current episodes, but back episodes as well as he works on his new place up in North Carolina. Uh, He also said that it seemed like when Chelsea first joined the show that there was some conflict between she and I. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was really funny. Uh, Also, the... um, we got to run into Curtains, former bartender at Seminar Brewing. That was really nice to see her. But this is not a reunited podcast. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 22 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? There was something I was suppo- something else I was supposed to mention. What was it? Fleetwoods. Fleetwoods. Fleet okay, so this bar. I'd been looking forward to going to it. And I, now... To call it just a bar is underselling it because it is primarily a vintage shop slash bar slash rock and roll wedding chapel. (laughs) And I did go there, but by the time I went there, it was later in the evening and they already had a live act performing and there was a $10 cover. But they said, hey, if you just want to come in and sit at the bar and have a beer, that's fine. You don't need to pay the cover. So, which I thought was very cool of them. And I did, but I also noticed who I assume was either the manager or uh, owner kind of look at the bartender and make this motion, like in reference to me, like, don't give him any more. <laughs> and I, I'm assuming it's because I didn't pay the $10 cover. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> my name is the Travis Signal. Yeah. AKA. Travis Skyman, uh-huh. a.k.a. The Phoenix Travincident. Yes, I am. And I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Alien Abduction, a.k.a. Mars Needs Shawns, a.k.a. Sean Walker Ranch. <laughs> also, in our third seat, Chop Chop Regulator, taken by Chalians, <laughs> a.k.a. I Want to Chalive, a.k.a. Chel Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. (laughs) Thank you for being here, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, For the listeners, how's your foot doing? Feeling any better? My toes feel better, but my foot still hurts. Okay. And the reason why I got a phone call Wednesday and the doctor was like, had the head radiologist at McLeod look at your x-ray. Turns out you've got two broken bones in your foot. So six broken bones. So are they going to have to do anything for that? No, it's still clean. Okay, good, good. Well, speedy recovery to you once again. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch chop retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Beam that shit up. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we get anally probed. No! Uh, That brings us to um, where we're all getting bent over, movie news. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with one R.I.P. this week. Um, Rest in peace and rest in power to Cynthia Harris. Cynthia Harris was... Um, most well known as Paul Reiser's character's mother on Mad About You. And then she was also in several movies and other TV shows, uh, notably to me at least, uh, Three Men and a Baby. She was the ghost behind the curtain in that one scene. (laughs) Okay. Not not really. Uh, But once again, rest in peace and rest in power to her. She was 87 and no cause of death was given, so I'm going to assume the best and that it was natural causes... (laughs) Next, we go to the box office. No Time to Die opens to 6.3 million in Thursday previews, the best for a Bond movie. Now, I guess we probably have to take into account that they haven't always been doing Thursday premieres. Like That's Bond true. movies have been around a lot longer than Thursday premieres the whole, have. Yeah, the whole concept of Thursday premieres. But I really, it's... It's remarkable considering how long this movie has been delayed, or maybe that's a catalyst for it. All of the attention, like you can't turn on the TV without somebody, some somebody's interviewing him, or somebody's interviewing Rami Malek, or uh, they're they're talking about it on IMDb. People are hyped for this last Daniel Craig Bond. Are they? I think so. I'm gonna watch it. I'm not. 
So before we continue, what is this you just cracked open? Um, there's a whole bunch of new re- resident culture beers that uh, popped up. This is out of Charlotte. This is El Residente, their Mexican-style okay. lager. I like it. <laughs> that's uh, that's clever. So next, uh, Mad God. We talked about this a little bit before. I, I guess I wasn't paying as much attention, but it's from uh, Phil Tippett, who's a stop-motion uh, master. And for years, he... Uh, lent his talents to other people's movies. Yeah, he's and, ILM's like head honcho. Uh, Return of the Jedi, RoboCop, Piranha, Starship Troopers, the dinosaur supervisor uh, from Jurassic Park. But he finally got a chance to make his own movie just the way he imagined. That is to say, with an imagination that none of us will ever be able to fully understand. And that's from a um, Beyond Fest review from BJ Colangelo from Slash Film. So I look forward to seeing it. Now that I'm actually paying attention and I found the story, it's on my radar You're such now. a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> you probably never heard of it. <laughs> uh, next, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley loses composer Alexander Desplat. This also comes to us from Slash Film. As Guillermo del Toro pushes to cut together his latest feature film in time for its December release, a new setback comes in the form of an exit. Two-time Oscar winner Alexander Desplat, Desplat, that's a tough Probably one to say. Probably Desplat. Desplat uh, was all set to write the music for Del Toro's noir thriller Nightmare Alley, but the French composer had to do back out of production due to scheduling conflicts. He is an early favorite to grab an Oscar nomination for his work on Wes Anderson's latest feature, The French Dispatch, or as I call it, The French Desplat. <laughs> uh, but he couldn't. He couldn't do two in the same in the season. Uh, it's interesting to me that. He's cutting the movie together, and they're going to have to start from scratch with the composer. Apparently, the, I don't understand the the timeline about a movie production and where the composer comes in, but you'd think it would be earlier than the the editing room, right? Yeah. Maybe in not. A lot Maybe of it cases, needs to be know. edited so they know, they know timestamps. All right. We've got one more. Andrew Lloyd Webber says, Cats was so off-scale and wrong. <laughs> that he went out and bought himself a therapy dog. Uh, this is from IndieWire. Cats was so off scale, all wrong, Lloyd Webber said. There wasn't really any understanding of why the music ticked at all. I saw it and I just thought, oh God, no. It was the first time in my 70 odd years on this planet that I went out and bought a dog. So the one good thing that came out of it is my little Havanese puppy. I don't know what a Havanese puppy looks like, but I hope that it's uh, fitting for... Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think it's great. You know, cats are so shitty as animals, but also as a movie that it drove Andrew Lloyd Webber to buy a dog. Basically drove him mad. No, he, he, he came to the good side. He left imagine the dark side. Had, imagine if he had seen the things that they left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Bringing us to... Wait, what's that? Do you guys hear a strange humming noise in the distance that must mean it's time for the department of corrections department with chief corrections officer dana good evening chop shoppers in the premature burial guy carell suffers from catalepsy warmer global temperatures and more frequent droughts could impact the availability of hops and of course that drives up the price of hops and in turn the price of beer Birds of Paradise is on Amazon Prime. That's it for this week. See you Nosferatu next time. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. We appreciate it. And I did have a correction of my own. I was uh, mistaken in saying Travis Walton when I was talking about the character from Old Yeller. His character's name was Travis Coates. Travis Walton, we will we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But thank you again. That will... Close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. Bringing us to the theme of the episode. In the second installment of our annual October horror series, we're talking about alien abduction movies. Is it, is it safe? Are they, are they gone? Uh, so this is an article from theportalist.com, and it is alien abduction movies ranked from most to least horrifying. And it's by Carolyn Fox. So shout out to Carolyn Fox for this. 
We Earthlings have long been fascinated by the thought of alien abduction, and that fascination is reflected in the staggering number of movies dedicated to the mysterious topic. Whether you're a horror fan or someone who prefers family-friendly alien fare, there's an abduction movie out there to satisfy your specific tastes. So they list 12 movies, and I'm not going to get into the description of each one. I'm just going to list them off, okay? Uh, first, we've got Dark Skies. Anybody seen Dark Skies? Yes. Okay, next. The Fourth Kind. I have the not seen kind. that. I've heard of it. Thought about seeing it. Honeymoon. Yes. Altered. No. I watched Altered uh, last week. And this is the least scariest to most scariest? It's most scary to least scary. Oh, I, already, to least I, I already disagree. But go ahead. So they're saying that Honeymoon is the third most horrifying on this list. Well, they're saying Dark Skies is the most scarce. Keep they going. Are, they are. It's it's uh, it's subjective, right? Absolutely. Um, the next one is called Fire in the Sky. Then Alien Abduction. <laughs> then Communion. Did you ever see Communion? I think I have. I think I've seen that. I know I've seen Under the Skin with uh, Scarlett Johansson. I've not. Uh, next, number nine, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Rewatched it last week. Number tw number ten, Mars Needs Shawns. <laughs> it's Mars Needs Moms. Then Mars Attacks. Yeah. And then finally, number twelve, they went with Guardians of the Galaxy, the volume one. I get it because it is essentially, you know, the <sighs> how that's how the Star Lord gets to the stars. Yeah, I disagree on. Uh... Um, fire yeah, in the sky. The stars. Fire in the sky should be higher on the list. Okay. Yeah. It, it's I fucking rewatched it today and a documentary about the real events and uh, it was pretty intense. Um, I guess that is a good point to go into the midnight double feature. Sure. Yeah. Since I'm already talking about mine, I'll go first. Go for it. Yeah. We'll go to Sean, Chelsea, and then I'll know that we've all three gone. Um, <laughs> So my midnight double feature is the aforementioned Fire in the Sky from 1993, directed by Robert Lieberman. Uh, it's got a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's probably a, about right. This is a hard movie to critique. I mean, like from a film critic standpoint. But I will say that 13-year-old Travis, this one, not Travis Walton, the character in the movie, who had just moved to New Mexico from Oregon, saw this for the first time pretty much knew it was real and was scared shitless. I, I touched on this slightly during the, the trivia question last week, but uh, man, this movie scared the hell out of me. Chelsea, what were your thoughts? I really liked it. It I almost bailed on it. The okay. beginning is, it's a little slow. It's a little rough. Right. Until they get to the flashbacks. Well, yeah, and they don't they don't give you anything. So you're like, why why am I watching this? Gotcha. And then it makes sense in the third act, and I was blown away. I was gotcha. like, holy my, shit. My only knock against the movie is the music. Okay. The music is very TV movie, melodramatic. They should have gone with like a young Trent Reznor just out of his garage. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> you know? But uh, it still holds up. This was probably my fifth time watching it. I watched it last week too. Okay, and, wow. And it's uh, it still just holds up. It's so creepy. D.B. Sweeney was so young. And he was mm -hmm. great. But the character Travis Walton was su supposed to be only 21. So, Alien Abduction, November 5th, 1975, White Mountains, Northeastern Arizona, based on the true story. That's their tagline on the poster. Mm -hmm. A group of men who are clearing brush for the government arrive back in town claiming that their friend was abducted by aliens. Nobody believes them, and despite a lack of motive and no evidence of foul play, their friend's disappearance is treated as a murder. Um, I, I say I recommend it. Watch it. If you want to watch a good alien abduction movie, watch that one. However, this next one that I'm pairing with it is a documentary called, all caps, Travis, colon, <laughs> the true story of Travis Walton. So how could I not watch it? It's from 2015, and it was directed by Jennifer Stein. It's got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's your tagline, one man's survival after a terrifying journey. And they have background, and they have interviews, and they talk a lot about the uh, validity of the lie detector test, the polygraph test, yeah. and about multiple witness sightings versus single witness sightings and things like that. It's just, um, I would rather watch the dramatization myself than to, for me personally, 
a little skepticism comes out while I'm trying to treat it as a quote unquote documentary. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'd rather treat it as a narrative piece of artwork. All right. So over to you, Sean, what have you got for your double feature? Well, I've got the supposed scariest alien abduction movie, but I disagree. It's dark skies from 2013. And it's, who did this star? It stars Carrie Russell and Josh Hamilton. Okay. Uh, Lacey and Daniel Barrett share a peaceful life in the suburbs with their sons, uh, Jesse and Sam. However, that peace soon shatters with a series of disturbing events that escalate when it becomes clear that their family is being targeted by an unimaginably terrifying, deadly, and possibly alien threat. It's it's unimaginably terrifying, deadly, and possibly alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all those things. Uh, but J.K. Simmons is also in it. That's who I was thinking Yeah, yeah. Of. He's, uh, he's like a dude that's been abducted or claims to have been abducted yeah. and they meet with him and i love how deadpan he was though he was like you know you're not special right they just picked you randomly tough titty yeah and but <clears throat> like reaching into a grab bag but this is from 2013 so it's still like like on the back end of the found footage home surveillance mm -hmm. footage type movies and by today's standards it's very very hackneyed and played out i really did not enjoy a lot of what they were going for, like, ooh, check out the surveillance footage, rewind, go back and look at it in slow motion. And by hackneyed, you mean out of use, doing not in use due to being out of fashion? <laughs> yeah, totally. The people who made Blair Witch Project, speaking of the found footage stuff, also made that movie Altered. Yeah. Um, and there were certain parts of it that were good enough that you forget that the alien is a rubber suit. Yeah, totally. Monster. All right, so uh, moving right along, I'm pairing it with Honeymoon from 2014. So I'm kind of going with a family mm -hmm. kind of theme here. Shawnee Moon. Uh, the Honeymooning Bride, played by Rose Leslie. She was the redheaded maid from Downton Abbey. Okay. Um, I can she, picture her. So she and her, her new uh, groom, or whatever you want to call him, they just got married. They're going to like a cabin in the woods mm -hmm. on, at a lakeside kind of thing. Perfect. And... Uh, she like goes sleepwalking. He finds her out in the woods, like kind of bare ass has, naked. Does she have catalepsy? <laughs> no, she doesn't. But uh, when she comes back, she looks the same. But then her behavior starts shifting, mm -hmm. and things start getting weird. And the uh, the husband uh, starts like figuring out that something ain't right, and he begins to suspect that she's not who she says she is. Um, I think in my review said that uh, on, on Twitter was. If your honeymoon starts out with your spouse forgetting your name and stabbing herself in the vajayjay with ooh, a sharp object, ooh. your your marriage is off to a rough start. Yeah, the yeah. honeymoon's over. Um, I found this one to be really, really creepy uh -huh. and weird. Um, the resolution was a little disappointing, but I, I, I would prefer this one over Dark Skies. Interesting. Okay. Chelsea, what do you got for us? So my first movie is one I talked about a couple weeks ago from 2020, uh, Meander. Meander, Meander. Yes, you can talk about this. Remind me what it's about. The woman is kidnapped and wakes up in what looks like a air conditioning shaft, but it's yeah, a tunnel. I tried to watch it. I, I, I couldn't handle it. I was like, this is just a series of tubes. It is. It's very claustrophobic. Um, the end, it turns out she was abducted by aliens. Oh, um, kind of a behavioral experiment. Oh, okay. I think I might know where you're going with your counterpart here. So I'm pairing that with 2015 Circle. Yeah. I with, just saw it. Yeah. It reminded me, not in like an alien way, but it reminded me of that platform movie a little bit. A little bit. Like the slow process of elimination. And the the ending is... So without spoiling, maybe um, give us a, a breakdown of what... What's going on in this circle? These group of people wake, like, kind of wake up and Come they're in you. this room and they're standing on these red light circles mm -hmm. and a couple of them try to, like, step off of it and they're, like, zapped Zap. by this thing. Um, it's like a dome in the center mm -hmm. of the circle. Yeah. Okay. They figure out pretty quickly that they have this power within their hands to, like, vote for the person mm -hmm. that they want to be eliminated. And Every two minutes, is that right? Something like yeah, that. Something it cha like that. it changes. Like if somebody doesn't vote, or if right. there's a tie, kind of there's thing. There's a lot of rules and stipulations that they're not aware of going in that they have to figure out. Uh, yes, fight process of elimination. And they don't they don't really understand the mm -hmm. end game. 
very good. I um I watched this at your recommendation, Sean, and I agree with you. It was intriguing and creepy and kind of open ended enough that you wonder, like you wonder a little bit. At least I did. No. All right, so that's our that's our uh, midnight double feature, and that'll bring us into our feature segment, which is going to be the recast of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. No, just joking. We did watch that one year for Scary Movie Night, though, and it was great. Uh, this is Killers from Space from 1954, uh, directed by W. Lee Wilder. We've got no rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, here's your here's your uh, tagline. The last word in science fiction thrills. Oh, really? Atomic scientist slash pilot Doug Martin is missing after his plane crashes on a reconnaissance mission after a nuclear test. Miraculously appearing unheard at the base later, he is given sodium amnethol, uh, a truth serum, but authorities are skeptical of his story that he was captured by aliens determined, determined to conquer the earth with giant monsters and insects. Martin vows to use existing technology to destroy them. So basically he comes back and they think he's a spy. Yeah. Cause he's been, he's, he's had his mind. And he's got that weird scar on uh-huh. his chest. And I think that, um, the, the footage of the giant insects was probably my favorite part because oh, like God. I said, there was a projector in my Airbnb. It was terrible. I, I fast forwarded. Obviously like stock footage from like a science. I fast forwarded through all of that <laughs> shit. It was awful. And then wait, wait, let's talk about the aliens. Yes. Okay. So they have, um, well, the movie's in black and white. So yeah. we, we assume uh, that they are wearing clothes of some sort, but the most prominent feature is what? I call them googly eyes. The big bug eyed it, it uh, looks aliens. like it looks like Cookie Monster. Yeah, yeah. And although they, I wish they would have Googled around. It would have been really funny. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, so, Chelsea, what were your thoughts on this one? I couldn't get over the sodium amytol. Because it's supposed to be sodium pentothal, the, right? It's that or like sodium, uh, th- th word. But sodium amytol mm. is a sedative. Like uh. it will put you to sleep. It's Other how they that, treat insomnia. Perfect film. Yeah, totally plausible. <laughs> Holds up. Uh, we've got the following roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Dr. Douglas Martin, who is played by a 28-year-old Peter Graves. And we would know Peter Graves from the CBS television series Mission Impossible, where he played Jim Phelps from 67 to 73, and then again from 88 to 90. And then also he was in a movie that we watched for maybe like war movies or prison break movies, Stalag 17. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then also he's in Airplane of and course. Airplane 2. Uh, then we've got Dr. Kurt Kruger, who was played by Frank Gerstel, 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 who was 39 at the time. Then we've got Colonel Banks, played by James C.A., S-E-A-Y-C-A, uh, who was 40. We've got FBI agent Briggs, played by Steve Pendleton, who was 46. And then finally, Ellen Martin, played by Barbara Bestar, who was the best star. Now, she was 25 at the time. And are we ready for recasting? Yeah. Over to you first, Chelsea. Who is going to be your pick for Dr. Douglas Martin? My actor was in um, the movie Baby Done, All Creatures Great and Small, and the Harry Potter franchise. I went with Matthew Lewis. Matthew Lewis. Who was he in Harry Potter? Oh, why can't I think of his name? Oh, he's, yeah, he's Neville Longbottom. Thank you. He's He's gotten all handsome now. Well, having a long bottom will do that to you. Yep. Over to you, Sean. Who's your pick? Um, I went with an actor who is 28 years old. He was in uh, Click. Ugh. He was in The Giver, uh, Vampire Academy. And Gotham. He was also the mocap for the character in uh, one of the Star Wars Last Jedi type video games. Okay. Um, I went with Cameron Monaghan. Cameron Monaghan. He played like the Joker oh, character. He was on Shameless, in too. Yeah, yeah, he had some stuff in Shameless. Okay. That's right. Is he a redhead? Yes. He is. Yeah, so he's one of the sons. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, my actor is 34 now. He was in 17 again. It's complicated. Freedom Riders and the TV show Weeds. His name is Hunter Parrish. Hunter Parrish is going to be my 
Oh, that's a dud ringer. Doug. Oh, wow. Nicely done. There you go. Next up, we've got the role of Dr. Kurt Kruger. Chelsea, who's your pick for this doc? Um, Because his last name was Kruger, uh-huh. I just picked an actor that creeped me the fuck is out. Is it Robert England? No. Oh, is it? <laughs> He's in uh, American Beauty, The Hunger Games, Interstellar. I went with Wes Bentley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He creeps yeah. me out. He's in all those uh, American Horror Story, or not all of them, but he's in some of those too, right? Yep. I believe so, yes. Gotcha. It's something about his eyes. They're a little bit too, like, piercing. He, he just, there's some, it just makes me uncomfortable. All right. Fair enough. Over to you, Sean. Who's your pick for Dr. Kurt Kruger? Um, I'm with a 40-year-old actor. These are all dead giveaways. He was in 50-50. He was in Don John. He was in Inception and Looper. I'm with JGL, Joey Gordon. Joey Levi. Gordy Levi's. Yeah. All right. I think I might have shopped him. Which, by the way, did you know that he was also in Last of Us Part Two, very briefly at the end? Yes, I did okay. know that. Did you know that he was in Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> yes. Um, my pick for Dr. Kruger is um, 39 now as well. He is basically Hollywood royalty. He was in American Hustle antebellum and the upcoming house of gucci his name is jack houston jack houston is my pick for no real particular reason other than age value but there he is jack houston angelica houston's son okay okay if not nephew dana up next we've got the role of colonel banks played by james ca who was 40 at the time who have you got for this chelsea I had a little bit of a hard time with this pick. Um, this movie was a little bit unremarkable for me, and I mm-hmm. sort of forgot about this character, so I just pictured somebody who could be a, a, a colonel. There you go. My actor was in Prometheus, X-Men First Class, Steve Jobs. I went with Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. All right. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one too. That one too. <laughs> who do you got? Um, for colonel Banks. So I was like Chelsea, I was kind of going for guys who could be military dudes mm-hmm. because they, they really weren't that remarkable characters. Um, this guy was, uh, he's uh, 41 years old. He was in Foxcatcher, White House Down, and 21 Jump Street and Magic Mike and with Channing Tatum. Okay. He's funny. Not I mean, he's funny. no John Cena. He wasn't that good on SNL. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, my actor is 40 now and... People, I think, first started noticing him, at least I did, on The Walking Dead. Uh, but he's also had some some Marvel time. He's in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame as Red Skull. His name is Ross Marquand. Ross Marquand is going to be the colonel. Uh, next up, we've got the FBI agent, Briggs, doing his FBI shit. And he was played by a 46-year-old Steve Pendleton. And Chelsea, who is your FBI agent, Briggs? So again, this character wasn't like as forgettable as the colonel, mm-hmm. but he seemed a little hokey. We should have just recast the aliens. Yeah. We should have. <laughs> I mean, Martin he, Short gets, and then Andy Serkis. <laughs> this, he just, he just kind of seemed like a dipshit. I'm sorry. There. And I want him to be better. So my actor needs no introduction. I went with Henry Thomas. Oh, he just showed up in Fire in the Sky. He did. Yeah, and he was also in that little extraterrestrial movie. He's good in horror and has conviction and authority like in the um, Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. He would play this part better. Yeah, Michelle likes him. My lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Likes his performances quite a bit as well. Over to you. Sean, what is your who's your pick for FBI agent Briggs? I went with a forty-five-year-old, and I can totally see him playing an FBI agent. He got on my radar in uh, the House of Cards. He was in Push. Uh, he played Ernest Hemingway in Midnight in Paris, oh. and he was Yellow Jacket in the Ant Man movie. It's Corey Stoll. No, Corey Stoll. Hundred percent. No, I oh. hate him. I he, I just saw him well, in something. You, well, you're not supposed to like him. Yeah, he's a very unlikable. But um, I think he's kind of a. Uh, Excuse my language, pussy. That's oh, how so he comes across to me. So you don't think he could pull off FBI agents? No, I don't. He hides behind his badge. He's a fucking wuss. I, I just saw him in something, and I cannot remember what it was, but it was something very recent. Oh. I would slap his face. All right, well, my um, my actor certainly is no pussy. He is 46 now. He was in Brokeback Mountain. 
He was in Quantum of Solace. He was in The Green Hornet and End of Watch. His name is David Harbour. You know who David Harbour is? He's the sheriff. We know what he looks like. I've, I've never heard of him. Really? I must no, see I'm his picture. I've never recast him also, before. He's also Hellboy. Hmm. Ever. Who? Hellboy. <laughs> nice. He's undercover. He's an undercover FBI agent, which is why he gets to wear that beard. I love it. Uh, all right. Go back to my notes. Perfect. Segway to Ellen Martin, who was the um, the actress was Barbara Bestar. Do do you know her from anything else, Sean? The name just sounds no. familiar to me. So she was 25 at the time. And hit us up, Chelsea. My actress was, is probably more known for series rather than movies. Okay. But I think of her in the Netflix series Insatiable. I went with Debbie Ryan. I think she's a little bit underrated. Okay. I think she can do more. Right on. I also think she could play the part of a 50s housewife awesomely because she's got like she's got the huge knockers (laughs) nice over to you sean i went with a 24 year old actress um she's in a film called mayday she's in a tv series called nine perfect strangers Mm -hmm. and most people would recognize her from under the silver lake her name is grace van patten grace van patten's good dude that's a good pick all right well my um actress is also 25 now she was in The Exorcist, the TV series. She's in a movie called First Girl I Loved. And she's also in Deadpool as Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yay. Her name's Brianna Hildebrand. Brianna Hildebrand is my pick for the Martin, uh, Ellen Martin role. All right, so I think that if this hasn't been done as a riff tracks or a mystery it has. Set, all right because it is very ripe for that and if you want a kooky old black and white movie to throw on to impress your friends with your <laughs> your cinematic acumen then maybe pick a different one besides killers from space yeah you guys thoughts agreed it's silly it's yeah. dumb it, but it, you know, it had to be done to start right. the is this the first alien abduction i film? doubt it i doubt it but it's but, uh, but it's very one. but it's very typical of what we associate with yeah. alien abduction so it's necessary yeah, the, yeah um the structure is there yeah all right so with that we're gonna head into intermission but not before we say let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some tractor beans and anal probes and for those of you just tuning in you're listening to the chop shop morning zoo on wccs 85.5 fm the shop with travisito the brew boss and me chelsea the regulator where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies all All morning morning long (laughs) and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car just search for cinema chop shop on podbean.com And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. 
So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Retrofit. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer chickens. That's true. And what are we drinking right now as we speak? Mars and Rover. Mars and Rover. It's the new Oktoberfest or Mars and Beer from Seminar Brewing. That's seminarbrewing.com. And uh, I still like it. It's, it's oh, still, I still love it. I still am enjoying it. Yeah, it's a it's a nice uh, example of the uh, Marzen style, yeah. aka Oktoberfest beer. And so um, I'm glad that we still have it on. If you are too, then you should go out there to Seminar Brewing and get some. All right, while we enjoy that, let is let us go ahead. And, I forgot how to talk when I was on that alien ship, you guys. <laughs> While we enjoy that, let us go ahead and get into our 2021 movie marathon. And as of this recording, it is the 281st day of the year. Am I right, Chelsea? 281st? I don't know. Sure. October, right? Sounds about right. Um, Lost time, Travis? I'm on 276, (laughs) you guys. 276. I'm on 309. 309 is pretty respectable. 343. Yep. And uh, what is your first check-in going to be this week, Chelsea? I hope you don't get like pissed off with me. No. But it's it's a quote-unquote docu-series from okay. Netflix. How but long is it? They're all well over an hour. Like oh, this one good. was like yeah. an hour and a half. Also, it's kind it's of your movie marathon. You know, do what you want. But they're kind of like the ESPN's Thirty for Thirty. They don't relate to each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. all separate stories vignettes yeah the first one um it's the untold series and this one is called crime and penalties about a hockey team from dan barry that this man who has mob ties bought for his 17 year old son he bought a hockey team for them Uh, for him made him the gm and vp yes at 17 at 17 dan barry connecticut holy shit now, Sean, you're a hockey buff. Did you mm-hmm. know about this prior? I knew about the team, but yeah. I did not know the story behind the team. Oh, shut up. You did not know. I knew. <laughs> no, I, I knew the name of the team because I'd seen the logo. I always thought it was a kick-ass logo. It's, it's They're the Danbury Trashers. Yes. And so you got this little trash can with a hockey stick, like a little anthropomorphized trash Love can. Love it. Because the guy was a fucking garbage-collecting mafioso. That's, he, that's yeah, how okay. he... Got did all his the... money laundering yeah. and, and whatnot. Well, this team just like they were fucking violent as shit. Well, you put your money in a garbage truck, garbage truck, you're going to have to launder it. It was yeah. like Slapshot come to life. So yeah. just from hearing you guys talk about it, it reminds me a little bit of the battered bastards of baseball about Kurt Russell and the team that his dad was the oh, coach yeah, 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 on yes, or whatever. Yes. Okay. But cool. That sounds awesome. It's a great story. Nice. Sean, what do you got? So Criterion has a collection of universal horror movies on right now. The old mm-hmm. Dracula, Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And one that I had not yet seen, which sounded interesting to me, was The Black Cat. Now, this is based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. It is. And it stars Bella Lugosi opposite Boris Karloff. No shit. And you're like, holy shit. And, and this Bo- is not a Corman no, this okay. is old universal, and, and 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 Karloff is like a Satanist, and I'm like, holy shit, where do I sign up? I might have seen this. Well, actually. I'm gonna echo what Joey Poole said on his review. They really squandered their opportunity because having those heavy hitters, it is a deflating performance. The coolest thing about the movie is this awesome pad that Boris Karloff lives in. The furniture is gorgeous. The house is gorgeous. And You'd love to see it on cribs. Totally. And the set piece where they have the big satanic ritual was pretty badass too, but the movie itself sucked. Cribs is still a thing, right? 
They still have cribs. People still live in them and babies sleep in them. That's true. All right. You're up. I'm up. I've got, uh, oh, I want to see if you can tell the, the name of the movie from the tagline. Unhappy to see you again. Unhappy to see you again. That would be The Addams Family 2. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the second installment in the animated Addams Family series, which I did not mind the first one, uh, but this one's better because this is what I think would be a better tagline. This time they're taking the spooky and ooky on the road. It's a road trip movie. <laughs> so it's kind of like Adam's family meets uh, National Lampoon's vacation uh, with a a Wednesday subplot or a B plot, I should say. Chelsea, you're up. So this is another one from that Untold series mm -hmm. that I think you might enjoy. Uh -huh. It's called Malice at the Palace. Malice at the Palace. This is a basketball one, right? It is. Yes. And it's... The Aub Palace at Auburn Hills uh -huh. in Detroit, Michigan. Yep. Yes. So this was in 2004, uh, Pacers Pistons, mm -hmm. and the fans got involved. And I... I never paid much attention to right. NBA, but I, li I like college basketball a lot. Right. This is fucking wild. Yeah, it is. I, and I honestly, when you said 2004, I was thinking it was much earlier than that. No. But uh, people people get crazy. Um, there's certain fan bases that are known for uh, being aggressive well that was the the great thing about this series is the the build-up to this it mm -hmm. wasn't just focused on that event it yes. was like the two-year build-up to this happening and i was just kind of like holy shit this is that's awesome nuts uh so 2004 you would have had uh both both wallaces is that ben wallace rashid and ben, ben yes. wallace would be there yeah right on Okay. All right. You're uh, you're tugging at my heartstrings here. I got to go watch some basketball. Net you guys, Netflix. Be good at the, <laughs> the show. Netflix, by the way. Over to you, Sean. All right. Uh, keeping in theme with the episode, I did Skinwalker Ranch. Sean Walker Ranch. Right. Okay. Not to be confused with <clears throat> Skywalker Ranch. So, as I said earlier, these found footage movies just don't age mm. well. Yeah. But uh, it's always a pleasure to see John Grease, aka Uncle Rico. Well, it depends in what state the footage was found no, in when they bullshit. found it. No, it's a treat to see Uncle Rico and Steve Berg. Uncle Rico from Natoli Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite? Dynamite? Yes. Who was also Laszlo and Real Genius, by the way. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it also co-stars Steve Berg, uh, known, also known as uh, John Googe with a lisp. Okay. <laughs> Look him up. You'll see what the I'm Googe. talking about. <laughs> Googe, you know what I'm talking about. What the fuck's up with the werewolf, though? It's supposed to be an alien abduction movie. There's a goddamn werewolf in this thing. Uh, it's a pretty much a shitty movie, and it's terrible. I mean, the the uh, title alone refers more to cryptos than, than yeah, aliens. There, there's just you mean cryptids? Cryptids. Yeah, yeah. cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> or cryptography. Yeah. No, this is... But there's some weird shit that happened in that, uh, that whole area... Um, involving aliens too yeah so. man anyway, uh there's an author crap. named tony hillerman who's well known for writing books based on the reservations out in the the southwest yep. and he's got a book called skinwalker yeah that scared me pretty bad when i was a kid well steer clear of this movie it sucked all right am i up next yep mm -hmm. all right so here's the tagline every stranger is the enemy it's from 2015 Every stranger is the enemy yep. from 2015. And I it's, don't know. I mean, it's not. It's it's kind of difficult because it is an indie film. It's um, the survivalist, the survivalist, which I had never seen before. Uh, very cool post-apocalyptic survival story. The main character reminds me of uh, Hawkeye, aka Natty Bumpo, in Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, like so. This dude's out there living off the land in the in the future, and these two people show up and kind of throw a wrench into the works. You got one more for us, Chelsea? I'm going to uh, tag team off of Sean's okay. last check-in. Okay, then we're going to check in together. Shoplifters of the World. This is a new film about the, the day... man who stole the world? No, it's about the day that the band The Smiths broke up. Oh. And this is a... Um, fictional tale of a young man in order to impress a girl 
takes a radio station hostage and forces the DJ to play the Smiths. Only the Smiths. Only the but Smiths. this is like a hardcore, like rock and roll, yeah. like Ozzy Osbourne DJ. Right. It's played by Joe Manganiello, the, the DJ is, and he's heavy metal, whatever his nickname is on the air. And uh, the young man is played... Speaking of werewolves. The, the young man is played by the uh, guy that played... Uh, he was in uh, Boyhood. Col- Coltrane something. Eller Coltrane, Coltrane or whatever something like that. Something like that, yes. So, um, the real star of the movie for me though was the young lady who's kind of like the object of his affection. She's, Helena Howard. She's nice. gorgeous and really cool, cool chick. And her John Coltrane. There you go. No, it, it's it's, it's Eller Coltrane. Yeah. So she and her misfit friends go out for a night together out on the town in Denver, Colorado, even though it was filmed in Albany and it's so obviously not Colorado. Okay. But if you like the Smiths, you'll like this film. The soundtrack is awesome. There's some um, interview footage with the Smiths interspliced throughout the movie. Uh, My only knock about it is the plot is very derivative of the film Airheads. Oh, I was thinking with Airheads whenever you were talking about that. Hijacking the radio station, making them play. All right. Chelsea, what what were your thoughts? I I liked it, but I think it is because I'm a Smiths fan. Mm -hmm. And it just, I don't don't know. uh, Now, pardon my ignorance. Morrissey from that band? Okay, good. Yep, Johnny Marr, Morrissey. Yep, you're you're on the right path. All right. So, like, new wave punk style stuff, right? Yeah, he does. Not punk. Joe, well, Joe post-punk? calls it post-punk. New wave says to all you new wavers out there. Yeah, a little new wavy. Okay. New problems. I got one more, and it's divisive. Uh, but I wasn't a diehard Sopranos fan because I didn't have HBO, so I thought this was just fine. <laughs> no spoilers, please. Of, New- of Newark. There's really not uh, that many spoilers, even though the tagline is "Who made Tony Soprano?" with no question mark. So how are you supposed to read it? I don't know. Who made Tony Soprano? I've read that this movie is both. Oh, damn. I see what you did there. Besides the fact that they kind of stunt cast his kid, um, he does a good job. And the other casting as well is is good as well. Like Junior, Uncle Junior, he's good. Um, And other than that, it just was not a... um, unsatisfying experience for Tony's mom so in it. Yes. Fucking hate that. No, she's bitch. a she's a major character, yes. So you never watched the Sopranos? I did, but I watched it passively, like um oh, intermittently. Okay. See, I was in a household where my mom is obsessed with all things mafia. Uh-huh. I think I've seen the entire series start to finish about four times. Damn. Yeah. Don't stop believing. Right. Uh so yeah, that's my final check in for this week is the mini Saints of Newark. Not as bad as they say. And and with that, we're going to head into the second part of our feature segment, which is the recast continued. Part two. We're talking about Life Force. Now, before we even get into anything, we do have to mention that this is a Canon Films production. Yes. And they spent some money on it. A Golan and Globus production. And I really think that if we haven't done it already and I forgot about it, that we need to do a Just Canon Films episode. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, So Life Force, directed by Toby Hooper, who you would know from A Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. And Poltergeist. Also, uh, one that I remember fairly fondly from when I was a kid, Invaders from Mars. It it kind of scared me when I was a kid, even though like looking back now, it's not that scary. There was seriously some money put behind this movie. Yeah. Uh, Henry Mancini was the, uh, the, the musician behind the uh, uh, soundtrack Mm -hmm. played by the London symphony orchestra. I mean, they ain't cheap. Here's your tagline in the blink of an eye. The terror begins. A space shuttle's mission investigating Halley's Comet brings back a malevolent race of space vampires. I don't know why they have to bring race into it. I don't know, but it was based on the, the novel Space Vampire. Space Vampire. What a great title. <laughs> Who transform most of London's population into zombies, not vampires. <laughs> the only survivor of the expedition and British authorities attempt to capture a mysterious but beautiful alien woman known as Space Girl who appears to be responsible. Chelsea's got a look on her face. What did you think of this movie? Oh, no. it's My foot is just oh, okay. kind of hurting. The, your foot is more painful than the experience of watching the movie. I didn't think this movie was that 
awful. I yeah. mean, it's dated for it sure. It is quite dated, yes. Um, and they spent money on the music, which was played beautifully, but I did not enjoy it. That was one thing that where I was like, this is off. Okay. And Sean, thoughts? Had you seen it before? Um, I had seen parts of it before. Right. Certain um, scenes. I knew of the Patrick Stewart appearance. I knew of the naked lady. Matilda May as Space Girl. Yep. Um, but beyond that, I really didn't know what, what was going on mm-hmm. going into it. So it was kind of, it was a new experience for me. All right. So the roles that we're going to recast, we've got Colonel Tom Carlson, played by Steve Railsback. We've got Colonel Colin Kane, played by Peter Firth. No relation. We've got Dr. Hans Falada, played by Frank Findlay. You say that three times fast. I dare you. If you're like Dr. Hans Falada. <laughs> and getting drunk in outer space. There you go. Nice. Um, and then we've got uh, Space Girl, played by Matilda May, who was 20. And then finally, Dr. Armstrong, played by... Patrick Stewart. Number one. Make it so. In the Pontiac Grand Am. Uh, who was 45 at the time. And having seen this movie movie before, I did also forget that he was in it. And so that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, so... Any further thoughts before we recast? Chelsea? No. Give us your Colonel Colin Kane. My actor nope, was... Nope, sorry. Colonel Tom Carlson. Thank you. My actor was in the movie Pompeii. Mm-hmm. It was in Silent Hill Revelation, but most people would know him from Game of Thrones. I went with Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, Gotcha. All right. Over to you, Sean. Um, so this was described in the film as being kind of like a, a dual mission between the u.s and the uk Mm -hmm. which is pretty funny because the uk is such a big powerhouse when it comes to space exploration well maybe they had ambitions in 1984 to be a powerhouse yes so i flip-flop my british and american actors so this actor is 40 years old um he was in uh the death of stalin he was in pride and prejudice Mm -hmm. the 2005 edition he was in the young victoria he was in uh, Heartland, and he was uh, Hitman, uh, Agent 47 in the film Hitman, Agent 47, I'm with Rupert Friend. You got a friend in me, sir. My actor is 40 now. He was in The Night Manager, Crimson Peak, and High Rise. I went with Tom Hiddleston. Two weeks nice. in a row for Tommy Boy. Did I pick him last year? No, I did. I did. Maybe so did I. We so, don't remember. Wow. No, I think it's three because I think you were last week. I was the week prior because of my Marvel. Incredible content. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got Colonel Colin Kane, played by Peter Firth. And Chelsea, who's your pick for this one? So Peter Firth, um, I think his IMDB page is lying because it says he was born on October 27th. But obviously that's incorrect because I was the only person born on October oh, 27th. 27th so that's slander so i picked someone who i think is a fucking cuck to play this role (laughs) damn (laughs) coming out swinging um he was in the covenant gossip girl and his brother-in-law is tony romo i I thought you were gonna say he was in his brother-in-law well they might be i don't know you don't know he is a cuck after all that's not my actor is chase crawford chase crawford his brother-in-law is Tony Romo. I think it'd be funny if you cast Tony Romo. <laughs> it would be. No, but that's He's solid. That's solid, Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> over to you, Sean. Who is your Colonel Colin Kane? I went with a 33-year-old actor. This is the American side of my casting in the flip-floppy. Uh, he was in uh, How to Be Single, Sky High, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and talking about a cuck, he is uh, Greg in su- Succession. Okay. Uh, his name is Nicholas Braun. Nicholas. Is the show actually called Suck Suck Succession? Succession. I haven't seen it. You know I haven't seen it, man. It's uh, a good show. I have not watched it all the way through, but I recommend checking out some of the uh, the first season. Uh, they're, they, they're hateful people. I thought they were all British, so I went with almost all British people. My actor is 32 now. He was in EastEnders. He was in X-Men Apocalypse, Mary Shelley, and the recent The Voyeurs. His name is Ben Hardy. Ben Hardy is my pick. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he's he might be a little bit too pretty boy for this role, but 
you know, makeup and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Next, we've got Dr. Hans Falada, played by Frank Findlay, who was 59 at the time. And Chelsea, who's your pick for this? So I have a Squishmallow that's a hedgehog named Hans. I understood the word hedgehog. A Squishmallow? Nope. I don't know what that is. Okay, well, fucking Google it. All right, like, I will. Right after the show. Folks, you should Google it as well, right after the show. His and he's Hans. He's the, the, the best. Uh-huh. And so my actor is also the best. He was in The Crown, Mad Men, and Chernobyl. I went with Jared Harris. Okay. Uh, when you said Mad Men, I was, I was for sure you were going John. Oh, Hammond. fuck. No, I said the best, not the fucking worst. The best at being the worst. Over to you, Sean. That was a great pick, Chelsea. I went with a 60-year-old actor who was in The nice. Terror. Yes. Mad Men, The Crown, and Chernobyl. I, too, uh-uh. went with Jared Harris. <laughs> Cheers. You guys are funny. Cheers. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, well, my Dr. Hans Falada is 58 now. He was in The Constant Gardener, The English Patient, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. His name is Rafe Fiennes. This is not a picture of him. This is my notes. <laughs> and it's a terrible pick. It's no Jared Harris. I mean, it's not. Clearly, I'm, I'm uh, in the I minority. Just, I thought about him in that Chernobyl role. Yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, this is fucking perfect. All right. Next up, we've got Space Girl, right? Yep. Space Girl. This should be fun. Chelsea, where are you going? All right. I aged this up slightly because I'm 20 year old and I, I was envisioning like what actress I wanted to see naked. And I was like, 20 year old uh, feels a little creepy. I'm not doing that. Pump it up. Yeah. Pumped it up a little bit. So she is most notably known from Pretty Little Liars. But she was also in The Possession of Hannah Grace, Mm -hmm. Mother's Day, and then something else that I saw recently, but I can't find it. I went with Shay Mitchell. Yeah. No, I'm familiar with her. That's good. Yeah. That's a good pick. Uh, Sean, I see you just poured us a new beer. What is it? Um, Yeah, this is one that I wanted to check out the last time I was in Asheville, and I asked you to, and you didn't get a chance to either. I didn't get a chance. It's okay. There's only so many hours in a day. That's true. There are way more breweries. I I did my due diligence. But the brewery is called Dissolver. Dissolver. And it's spelled D-S-S-O-L-V-R. Like like Revolver. Dissolver. Dissolver. Brewed until surreal. Okay. So this one is called uh, Little Devil's Dream Cream. What? India Cream Ale. Yeah. Uh, They're really into like... So I guess this is like the fluid that we saw in Fire in the Sky. Yeah. They got squirted in his eye. No, this is a a 4% little cream ale. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly serviceable. Right on. And this is what what is in this glass right here? Yeah. That's what you got in your glass. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea said that uh, the casting the 20-year-old is a little creepy, but guess what? I forged forward, and yes. I cast a 20-year-old that I want to see naked. So Okay. Um, she was, you guys are really setting me up to like, be a she creeper was, over here. She was in Into the Badlands. She was in The Third Day. Uh, she was in uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. That's mm-hmm. a recent movie. I've seen it. And she was in the Witcher series. And the reason I picked her, though, is that besides being very beautiful, she kind of has that otherworldly look about her face that kind of reminds me of Anya Taylor-Joy's, mm-hmm. where her eyes are just slightly further apart than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, her name is Freya Allen. Freya Allen. Okay. I like her last name, I know especially. You do. Yep. Um, so my actress, who's going to be playing Space Girl, is 24. I, I bumped her age up a little bit. She was in Zevich, The Queen's Gambit, and the upcoming Last Night in Soho. I went with Anya Taylor-Joy. There you go. Good and pick. And I also, just for you, Chelsea, I censored the nipples on Matilda May. <laughs> well, that's Anya Taylor-Joy with brown brown hair, too. Though. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Aren't Why you Why would clever? you censor I mean, it for a, me? No, I mean, just to be a gentleman. Um... I think that she actually is a brunette. Yeah, I think oh, that, probably so. Like in a lot of the things that we see her with blonde hair, she's um, had some product put in there. The devil wears product. And <laughs> we got one more. It's Dr. Armstrong, played by Dr. Xavier, played by Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart. And he was 45 at the time. Chelsea, where were you going to go with this one? 
This one was a tough one to recast because mm-hmm. he's pretty iconic. Um, I'm not even going to say what he was in. I went with Paul Bettany. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. I thought about him as well. Yeah, Paul's good. I think that the um, the first inclination, like the, the reflex is to go uh, with James McAvoy because he played young Dr. Xavier huh. in the X-Men movies. No. That, I did not do that. I don't like that. So I went with an English actor, um, 45 years old on mm-hmm. the button. But uh, I was going for that kind of uh, proper, like who would you expect to be like over the asylum kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And so this guy, you would know him from Coronation Street. Um, he was actually in that really cool movie, The Ritual, about the dudes that were camping out in like Dude, that Norway or whatever. Scary. Yeah, but you would know him as the asshole butler from Downton Abbey. I went with Robert James Collier. Robert James Collier. He sounds like an asshole butler. In Canada, they pronounce it Coronation Street. I, whatever. I could have swore she was going to say in Canada, they pr- they pronounce it bootler. Bootler. He's a bootler. <laughs> He's a bootler, eh? <laughs> um, no! <laughs> my pick is uh he's pretty great and i'm glad that i landed on this he he has a british accent i don't know where he was born but he's very famous these days he's 38 now he was in the night of rogue one and sound of metal his name is riz ahmed nice riz ahmed is going to be my professor xavier playing sean luke picard playing <laughs> the role here in this amazing amazing film that we all got to experience this week yeah life force isn't bad yeah Mm -hmm. i I really feel like it enhanced mine and really needed that boost (laughs) uh at that and some like vitamins and stuff all right so final thoughts on the two movies that we talked about today first the killers from space totally silly. silly if you want something stupid to throw on in the background yeah perfectly good for sure i would even say put some music over it yeah and then we've also got life force which i think has its place in the canon of alien abduction movies i i agree i like i said really sort of enjoyed this yeah. movie like it wasn't the best thing i've ever seen right but it was good yes and sean yeah uh, likewise i think it's worth watching um canon tried their damnedest mm-hmm. it's not great it's not perfect but yeah it's a good time yeah and boobies and there is boobies and bush oh yeah, yeah. well not really bush vagina yes there are there is labia um <laughs> there are is labia plural yeah let's just cut on there <laughs> now we do have a final bonus segment you guys and it's going to be a battle royale between us humans versus the nordics versus the grays versus the reptilians okay you're referring of course to the three classifications well, of three of them the, the three the most ones, famous the ones that people talk about i feel sorry like, about i feel like we should uh we should phone uh, the lpn networking ask them to weigh in since they talk about this shit so much i think i would go with the nordics okay only because like their quote unquote sci-fi or horror movies like freak me out the fucking most. I'm gonna go with the reptilians because I think they're just gonna be ravagers. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a lot tougher and. Who's meaner. going with Grays though? Come on, give it up for my Grays. You hear me? You hear me in the back, Grays? What's up? Yeah, I hear you. All right, so we want to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank you, Chelsea. Do you have anything you want to plug this week? Trivia. Trivia is back on Wednesday. Um, Shout out to my good friend Alyssa, who's going to bring some of her coworkers out. There's going to be a group of them for Ooh. for trivia this week. So shout out to her. Thank you for being here and doing what you do. You're Chelsea. welcome. And Sean, uh, also I want to thank you, the uh, my co-host and the engineer of this very podcast. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug this week, sir? Yeah, I'm going to plug Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> I know everyone's probably already seen it, but I'm Mr. Late to the Party, and it's as good as they say. Are you going to be Ted Lasso for Halloween? No. Um, do you know what next week's episode is? Yes, kaiju movies. Kaiju movies. We tried to change it up this year, get some unconventional uh, subgenres for our Halloween series. It's very different, and I think it's one that I am not versed in, so I'm looking forward to this week. 
All right, so uh, here is your sneak preview question and answer for this upcoming week's trivia. That's right answers with wrong Travis at Seminar Brewing. That's seminarbrewing.com. The 1954 film Godzilla is widely considered to be the first kaiju film. How many total films are there in the Godzilla franchise? 26. I got a out of the gate at 26. I was going to say 27. That was, I don't know. I've never seen one. So closest without going over is Chelsea with 27. The correct answer is 36 films. Wow. 32 produced by Toho. One produced by TriStar. Guess which one that was. That's the the Matthew Broderick one. Yeah. Uh, Then we've got three produced by Legendary. Those are the most recent ones. And they say that Legendary lost the licensing to Godzilla. But now there's also rumors that Millie Bobby Brown will be brought back for another Godzilla film. Don't care. Yeah. So don't care. I've seen those. They suck. All right. We want to plug the podcast (laughs) itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We are hosted online on podbean.com. We are Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com is our email address if you ever actually do want to email me. Instagram, we are at Cinema Chop Shop. Untapped, we're Cinema Chop Shop. Chelsea's all over it. And then an audio version of this show should be uploaded to YouTube. And hopefully you can check that out on there. We are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. Finally, farewell to you, the Chop Shoppers out there. Uh, Don't forget to get that vax if you haven't already. Otherwise, social distance and wear a mask. And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.